Welcome to Unboxing Queer History, a podcast from Gerber Hart Library and Archives. Gerber Hart is a library and archive with collections that focus on LGBTQ culture and history of Chicago and the Midwest. Today we dive into the archive of Lorraine Sade Baskerville. Lorraine Sade Baskerville founded Transgenesis, a Chicago-based agency that aimed at addressing concerns of the city's transgender community, such as gender identity, substance abuse, HIV AIDS, sex work, harm reduction, and self-empowerment. It ran from 1995 to 2003. The organization supported awareness about gender identity and gender expression. It sought to aid personal development and integrity. It had an HIV AIDS prevention program called TPAS, standing for Trans People Advocating Safer Sex. And this included community outreach, education, testing, and counseling. It also offered a weekly drop-in program for youth and young adults called Trans Diva and a peer-led transgender support and discussion group. Before we get into Lorraine's story, programs and social media coordinator Jen Dentel wanted to chat with volunteer Wit Sadesky about this particular archive. It's happening. Okay. I'm excited. All right. Um, I'm Jen Dentel. And my name's Wit Sadesky. And where are we right now, Wit? Uh, <laughs> we are sitting on the floor um, in uh, Gerberhardt's archive before we open. I'm about to talk about a really amazing collection. Yeah, we, I mean, we love a good floor sit. One of our favorite <laughs> things is to just sit on the floor. We are a fan of the uh, floor. Yeah. <laughs> um, Closets are not for us, but yes, floors is where it's at. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to talk about uh, Lorraine Sade Baskerville. Her collection is amazing, and I know, Wit, you're our archivist, so I just want to talk about why Lorraine is special. Yeah, I mean... I think um, we talk about it all the time, how amazing our archive is as a whole, our whole collection, um, and how important it is for people to have access to them, for people to know about them, to hear the marginalized voices that we have. And it's easy to talk about how important they are, but it's even easier to talk about Lorraine's collection because of the work that she did, because of her being a Black trans woman and the work that she did in Chicago. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think something that's interesting to me is I think Gerberhardt exists to to share the LGBTQ history of Chicago in the Midwest. But, you know, within LGBTQ history, there's a lot of different communities. And, you know, even within a queer archives, we have, a, I mean, we have a lot of gaps in our collection. So I think that, you know, through a combination of factors, one of which is, you know, archives can perpetuate Harm. They can perpetuate mainstream cultural values. And I think because of that and because of a lot of our collections coming in just through connections of people that various people knew, mm. a big amount of our collection is, you know, white cisgendered men and then white cisgendered women. And so there's a lot of a lot of things we need to do to make our collection more representative. And I, I don't know. I know we've talked about this a lot, but mm. what do you think is a good way for us to be doing this or what should we be doing in the future 
Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with the fact that our collections definitely skew in a white uh, cis normative um, way. Um, so Lorraine's collection sort of stands out as a beacon of what um, we should be seeking out when we do our collection development. It's not an easy thing to do. Um, there's a lot of baggage there with saying, yeah, we need to uh, seek out collections for underrepresented communities. You know, it's enough to say that, but then there's the baggage of, well, we just can't go out and beg for these collections because there's a lot of historical harm that white institutions and uh, cis institutions have done to people in those communities. So there needs to meet, be some sort of um, continued connection and mm-hmm. collective care. Mm-hmm. So what we can do as uh, Gerber Hart and as people that want to be connected to the community, we need to build those connections as people that are employed by Gerber Hart. And with those built connections, the collections will come. You know, as I said, it's so hard to just say, yeah, let's go out and collect mm-hmm. from black communities, from black trans women. We can't just ask for those things. We need to build those connections and prove to them that it's a place that their collection needs to be because it's going to be used and represented well. Yeah, definitely. I think building that trust and I mean, building those partnerships before, like you're saying, trying to trying to just be like, oh, can we have your stuff? It's like, well, why would I give you my stuff? Exactly. You know? So, yeah, I, I think that having that partnership and also just asking community members what they want as opposed to you know making sure we're working alongside the community when we're thinking about our programs when we're trying to do you know more traveling exhibits having you know events in multiple places trying to have more you know partner with different organizations there's so many in Chicago mm-hmm. that are doing such incredible work just you know so many queer organizations and so i think the more we can make those connections and i think it's helpful now that we have more people that are volunteering, you know, we have more part-time staff, you know, Mm -hmm. having more people to be able to put that work in, I think will, you know, really help us get there. Exactly. And that's where we need to put a lot of our energy because that's how we're going to get the word out there that we are looking for these collections and that we are a good place to house these collections. And what we're doing for Lorraine in this podcast particularly is so important because I feel like I talk about her with so many interns. I talk about her with people that I'm trying to chat up at bars. And I'm like, have you ever heard of Lorraine Sade Baskerville? And, and so many people don't know her name and they should. Absolutely. She should be an icon. You know, she's a huge part of Chicago history. Exactly. So being able to share her name and I feel really honored that she picked Gerber Hart to have her materials here just so mm-hmm. that we could have access to it and more people could see the work that she did with transgenesis and yeah it's really incredible yeah how lucky are we i mean we i sure we're speaking for researchers for mm-hmm. anyone that's that's curated an exhibit here her collection has some fantastic uh pieces in it uh, physical artifacts um, pieces of ephemera some amazing hand-drawn pieces of art that are incredibly powerful um, her collection really has it all. Definitely. And I think we've talked a lot about this, and I feel like it comes up a lot with volunteers, but the whole idea of, you know, the silence of the archives. What does it mean when you're not represented in an archive? What does it mean when your community is not included? Um, I think this has been the case for the queer community, you know, for a very long time in a lot of academic institutions, a lot of archives. So having representation, seeing yourself in these boxes is so important to building any sort of a socially just institution. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, Lorraine and other people like Lorraine just serve as, as lighthouses for people that do want to see themselves in these historical collections. They do want to see the stories of the trans and queer elders that came before them. And, you know, queer history, pickup lines. There's so Listen. many ways, so many ways to use this history. <laughs> Listen, when, when you're the queer archivist, the queer trans archivist for yep. Gerber Hart, you lead with that. You know I have my business cards in my wallet. Love it. And I have Love used it. that once very successfully, <laughs> might I add. Uh, threw my phone number on the back of it and gave it to someone and we might still be dating at this oh very God. moment. That was Jen Dentel and Wit Zadusky. Next, we'll hear from Lorraine in her own words. heads up that there is some strong language and a brief reference to violence in this story. So please take care while listening. But without further ado, Lorraine Sade Baskerville in all her fabulousness. There's so much, girl, you don't know. It's so much. 70 years on this earth? Well, yeah. Good and bad. Lorraine Sade Baskerville is 70 years old. A black trans elder, she's the kind of person who casually quotes Whitney Houston or Shaka Khan, depending on the version, and means it. I'm every woman. It's all in me. (laughs) Back in the 90s, Lorraine ran a trans social services agency called Transgenesis, the first of its kind in Chicago and one of the first in the country. She spoke with Gerberhart volunteer Aaron Bell about the rise and fall of the agency coming of age in Chicago, and the strife involved in a lifetime of progress. Lorraine Sade Baskerville was born in 1951 on the south side of Chicago. She has five younger siblings. Her mom was only 14 years old when she had Lorraine. My mother is just 14 years older than me. That's it. She was a baby. At 16 years old, she had four kids. I saw her two years before she passed away. She still didn't understand it. But she was, she wanted me, she was praying that I don't transition back when I was 17 years old. But I still love her, but we were never close. I, I regret that I was never close to my family. So as a young person, Lorraine sought out other role models. My role model was my high school principal, my high school counselor. Everybody in the professional world, I grew into them because I was in the hood. I want to be something more. Back in my day, the first trans person I ever saw was Christine Jorgensen. Jorgensen was the first person in the U.S. widely known for undergoing HRT in the early 1950s. That's hormone replacement therapy. It was front page news. And for Lorraine? I said, oh, okay, I'm not by myself. I want to be just like her. I I left home at 17. See you. I left. It was not easy, but I, I survived. I went to jail many times for dressing up as a woman because it was an ordinance in the Chicago female impersonation. I had to run. They chased me. Come here, faggot. They cut my hair. They cut my nail. They, they, they degraded me. I had to pay $25 fine to get out. And then some of the police officer was paying me for sex. And right now, that same police station is a condo 
for senior citizens of the GLBT over there on Edison and uh, Halston. Oh. Amazing. I can't wait to go back there. I'm standing right in front of that building next year. It's not lost on Lorraine how much change she lived through. Back in the 1970s, she was in her 20s, trying to make ends meet as a sex worker. Yeah, I had to hustle. I had to survive, pay my rent. But I had to do the thing I had to do. I was paid $110 a week in a hotel. I had to survive on my own. It's very emotional, too. Very emotional. Drug addict, domestic abuse. A uh, lot of bad memories, a lot of bad memories. Ooh, I had to go through all of that, girl. I had to fight, fight all my life. Something kept me going. My perseverance. I said, I want to be known. I want to be known around the world. Yes, yes, yes. So in the mid-1980s, Lorraine started volunteering at Howard Brown and at Horizons Community Services. In 1994, she earned a bachelor's in social work from Northeastern Illinois University and came up with the idea for transgenesis with her longtime partner, Bruce Lamar. I say, Bruce, I want to have an agency for us, by us, for us. I came up with the name transgenesis. Genesis in the Bible means a new beginning. Transgender Social Services Agency. Because we didn't have nothing for us. Because within the GPT community, it's racism, stigmatism, envy. As a Black trans woman, Lorraine craved a space that didn't just gesture at inclusion, but actually put people like her at the forefront of care. She says that at the time, even places like Howard Brown didn't feel welcoming. I know a lot of little people on the board. Oh, they didn't like me at all. I didn't care. In 1995, Lorraine and Bruce started Transgenesis. At first, working out of their apartment, seeing clients there, connecting folks with resources and information. But the dream was always to have a dedicated space and official nonprofit status. In 1999, Lorraine raised the money and Transgenesis opened as a 501c3 at Broadway and Wilson. Oh, the grand opening was fantastic because the community came out and supported me. A lot of well-known Black LGBT came in to support me. And the girls, all the, the fan of the girl coming to eat and dancing. I'm sitting back and watching all of this. I know there's some higher power that made transgender a reality. We did it. We cried. We prayed. We celebrated. We celebrate because we know it's going to be a lot of work, but we got something going. In its new location and with actual funding, Transgenesis could provide testing, counseling, workshops, medical referrals, resources, peer-to-peer support groups, and a drop-in center. A drop-in center, they're very important. They need to put to go and be themselves. I have a, a group just for the trans youth. I have a group for their partners. They come in to the group too. It did help some of the relationship. It did. Because I, I, they come one-on-one with me. I tell them what's going on in the relationship. So I saw that. It was a lot of good moments at Transgenesis. Like I said, I was so glad to do all that. It was amazing. As Lorraine was staking a claim in the social services world, she was also staking claim for herself in the community at large. I had the word come out the closet. I did not come out the closet. I stepped on the scene. And no better place to step out than pride. Girl, yes. I've been in the gay pride parade 17 times. 17 times in every year she had to fight for her spot. 
with the fight to get the position on the flow. I always go early, get give me a spot. Where's Howard Brown flow? Where is this flow? Because I'm always fighting with the gay people. I'm always fighting with the gay man. It's always my enemy, not my enemy, but it's people that envy me. It's always been the gay white male. I don't know what it was. I said, no, I'm not moving because of you. You better get behind me. I was here first. Oh, girl, I was a diva. They were shouting my name all down the parade route. <laughs> I get through, I had to sleep for two days to get my energy back. In 2000, Lorraine became the first trans person inducted into the Chicago Gay and Lesbian Hall of Fame, which was huge. And at the time, a controversial honor. Lorraine remembers that as the culture shifted, so did language. Words matter. That's why I like the word uh, transgender. I don't. I like the word trans person, trans woman, trans man, trans individual, trans community. I like that. For me, you, you can say what you want, but for Lorraine Chade Baskerville, I'm a trans African woman, period. Lorraine took all that confidence and energy to transgenesis and had big plans to expand it. I want a housing program. I want a computer program, education opportunity, GED, support, job opportunities, all of the program. I wanted to do more. But the work was really heavy. It was really bad back then. It was hell to see people being abused, raped, Parents kicking them out of the house. They got nowhere to go. I had to go to so many funerals, so many memorials, because so many people died of HIV and AIDS. I lost a lot of people, a lot of my trans sisters and brothers in my agency. I did. And of course, it wasn't just AIDS. So many were murdered. Sex workers, specifically. Always tell the trans girl. Tell the John who you really are. Do not fool them. I lost a lot of my young girls. They found the hotel dead because the man thought they had a vagina. They did not. All this took a toll on Lorraine. I was doing so much. Like I said, I, I wanted to be more, but I, I could not do everything. I couldn't find anybody to help me back then. In the early 2000s, Lorraine was struggling to sustain funding, and she didn't want it to become another umbrella gay and lesbian organization because she was sure that would always end up putting trans people last. I would compete with LGBT agency. They want to lump in with transgenesis and make them look good. The LGBT was all ahead of us. We were trying to get on. That's always been the problem back in the day. No other LGBT come in and take over. And I said, oh, well, oh no, not with me. Uh-uh, no thank you. I said, listen, all my life I had to fight, fight, fight to make sure transgenesis stay on the map. I know y'all up to, y'all want to sound nice with that grant money to put me in, but I want to have control for us, by us. You understand that? My community need to see us, by us. They need to see that. So I started it, I let it grow, but I had to let it go. That was the sad part about transgenesis. I had to close it. Transgenesis shut its doors in 2003. That last day, it was very emotional to give rid of all of my stuff, but I had to go. Because if I did not, I would fall apart. But I knew I helped a lot of people because they came up and tell me, thank you so much. That kept me going, my support. And I know I helped the people that is today, the present trans community. I'm so glad to see that. I feel 
humble. I'm humble because we are the, the builder blocks that make this happen. I've done it and I'm proud of myself. My legacy is going to live on and it's going to help somebody out there. I know it will. That was Lorraine Chaudet Baskerville, founder of Transgenesis in Chicago. If you want to learn more about Lorraine and Transgenesis, come to Gerberhart to see her archival collection here for yourself. Thank you, Erin Bell, who interviewed Lorraine all the way in Thailand for this episode. Unboxing Queer History is co-created by me, Ari Mejia, Jen Dantel, and Erin Bell. Theme music by Danny Robles. This episode was written and produced by Alyssa Eads. Special thanks to Lorraine for sharing her story with us and for the incredible work that laid the foundation of what community action and care of our trans community should look like here in Chicago today. Also, thanks to Rails for making this podcast possible. Unboxing Queer History is funded by a Rails My Library Is grant. You can find this episode and others at gerberhart.org and wherever you listen to podcasts. Bye.